Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine there is. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1. O-U-T-D-O-O-R and the number one. Lastly, many outdoorsmen are trying to quit tobacco altogether and Fully Loaded Chew may be that first step. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your hosts for the first time in what feels like forever. Nate Thomas, Micah Winstead, and Andy Humfeld are all here together. Hoorah. He said that, that first part like he's about to fall asleep. With you know, I'm, I'm here in the podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's be honest. We have talked for an hour and 20 minutes before actually hitting <laughs> well, the record that's, button. Well, that's always how it works out. Yeah. We always seem we, to do that. We'll we probably still... have already talked about, what, three podcasts worth of content before this podcast. When we all get together, it's we should probably just hit the record button and start, start talking. But... Which is why we started the podcast, really. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We just don't do a good job of recording all of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, we d- we could just, you know, it could just be an ongoing story. You just don't even put any intros or outros and just a converse- the conversation that we have throughout the day. <laughs> Half of it would probably get us in trouble. <laughs> a lot I think, of it would. I think so. I've made fun of both of your beer, ca- beer cans already. Which I don't know what's wrong with the beer can. I just, I'm like, How do you not know that? about the Bush Light Corn Can? Yeah. Uh, it's for the farmers. It's for, that's... It literally says, do you for hate Amer- the farmers. <laughs> do you hate America? <laughs> Are you American? Did yeah. you celebrate the 4th? You didn't even show off fireworks, did you? <laughs> I did. I, I unfortunately burnt. I think I was the cause of a burning my niece. <laughs> burning. Oh, really? Shit. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, so we set off the fireworks, and then I stuck uh, my punk in the ground. And me and me and Russell were kind of doing, you know, some of the stuff, and we would stick our punks in the ground in between setting these mortar mortars off. And after we were done, the kids came, and there were some sparklers left, and so they lit some sparklers. And my niece backed up into one of the punks sticking mm. in the ground, and it burned her leg a little bit. Well, it sounds like her fault. <laughs> I don't know that it was my punk, but it was either mine or Russell's. So no. one, yeah, it was, that, it that's was, all her problem. <laughs> watch, where, watch where you're stepping, she's man. A tiny little kid. How old is she? Four or five. Tops? Okay, I yeah, can't remember. She should know. Be aware of your surroundings. <laughs> she should know. Head on a swivel. <laughs> Uh, so I definitely ce- celebrated the fourth. That's we're for just sure. kidding. It's your fault. Actually, on the fourth, I spent half of that day helping with you. me. Yeah, yeah. Saturday, I was able to get out there, do the trails, and clean up what I wanted to clean up. And then Sunday, you came out there with me, and we set my cameras up. Kind of helped me with a little bit of strategy, a little yeah. bit of where to put did, these cameras. Did you have a little bit of a delay getting uh, your trails cut? <laughs> I did actually. Now that you think about it, yeah. took me a few. Yeah, I see how tonight's going to go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> up on me. Yeah, I mean, so the landowner he has a skid steer that I can use at my discretion, pretty much, which is awesome. But Andy, he has the brush cutter, so I had to come out to Andy's to grab the brush cutter, which it's I don't know thirty forty five minutes from my house. Well, luckily on the way. Let's embellish well, a little more. <laughs> it's an hour and 45 minutes. I said it's 30. It's freaking 20 minutes. It's, I said 30 to 45 minutes. So you doubled. It's probably 30. It's you 30 minutes. It. It's 30 minutes, okay? But anyways, long story short, obviously, I, I just brought a flatbed truck out to load it up. But before I left, Andy's like, dude, you're, you ain't going to be able to get it tonight. Some somehow the battery's dead on the on the loader, and which kind of worked out because my dad yeah. was going to come steal the brush cutter and didn't tell me. Yeah, and he went to go load up the the start the skid gear to do the same thing you were doing. Right, and it was dead, dead, dead. And Roger come to find out that the key was left on, and then after further investigation, Nathan was the last person, the last to use. person seen at the crime scene. <laughs> yes, the last person. So to let use. me just say. What had happened was, 
I turned it off too good. I was too healthy and too good a shape. <laughs> doctor said. <laughs> you didn't go to the doctor, did you? I did not. No. But but he just accidentally turned the key from past off. I was in a hurry is what I was. When he shut it off. Yeah. And it had been there for a while. Yeah, but I got in a hurry and shut it off and shut it off too far and got out. And I mean, so, I, and so obviously that took a little time. Roger, thankfully, came out, put a charger on it. We, still, we got it to turn or click. But we we ended up having to jump it with a truck and stuff, so it just yeah. took a little bit. It extra worked time. out. It was fine. You know, we just like to give Nathan a hard time. That's obvious. Yeah. Did did you have you tried starting it since? Yeah, I've used it a couple of times. Okay, so it's yeah, good I checked now. in on him. You know, okay. I felt bad. I mean, you should. Batteries are expensive. Don't know if you know that. <laughs> so then Micah starts giving me a hard time about you know, hey, time is money. You know, you wasted all my time sitting here. Now, can you come out and help me set my cameras up tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Time is money, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this is how our normal uh, interactions go. There's not really too many serious moments. Never, never. But we did go set your cameras up. We did, man. We did. Uh, like I said, you helped me out trying to figure out as far as where we want to put them and stuff like that. Uh, and we saw deer while we were out there. A little fun. Let me, let me say one thing about the cuttyback system right quick. Setting yours up and setting mine up. Was it any different? Well, I thought, you know your property and, and obviously the, the property that my cameras are on. I feel like my cameras are probably all closer to each other than the cameras we set at your place are. Really? And my link levels are a lot worse than yours. Hmm. And I think it's because... Well, the train is really, I mean, all mine are on the one area. Yeah, but you got a hill, don't yeah. you? But they're all on the top. So they're all up top, okay. But what I think is the vegetation at the place I hunt thick. is thick and low. Okay. Where where you hunt, it's decently open underneath. Where, Some, yeah. You know, That's I mean, definitely going to make a difference. And, like, I feel like we had one camera we set that I felt like we were a far ways away from the next camera, and it was still high up there. So, yeah, I think I checked that because it'll show you the levels, whatever things. As long that, as you yeah. get it okay or good, I think. I mean, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got Above actually, 20. I got one camera that's under twenty. It still does fine. Says good. Yeah, um, but whatever. Yeah, but yeah, we 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 got ourselves a new friend out there. Yeah, we had. Uh, so we were setting. I think it was actually our first or second camera. It was the we, second camera we set. Second it, yeah. camera, and we see a doe walking or kind of walking away from us on the brand new trail that I just cut the day before. And we're like, oh, that's okay, cool. First off, we didn't see a doe. It was a fawn. My bad. <laughs> fawn. Whatever. Fawn walking away. Oh, that was cool. And so we did our thing, and we go, and we're going to the next one. And then we're like, Nathan's like, dude, what's that right there? I'm like, I don't see nothing. I mean, it's thick. So it's stop the side by side. It's <laughs> yeah. right there in front of yeah. us. Yeah. He's like, it, that, that's a, that's another fawn. I'm like, oh, okay. Very cool. So get to see this fawn again. Then, long story short, we set my last camera, and it's way off. I mean, we threw that thing. We're like, let's put this thing where if something crazy big is going to be, it's going to be in the hit, this yeah. area. We throw that up there. Fine. We leave. A few hours later, I get my first email, and that fawn had followed us all the way. So, like, we saw her, like, three or four different spots. It was just <laughs> – yeah. So, that's my new my new buddy. Yeah. It, it makes you wonder if her mother – died or the only thing that threw me off was a few hours later i got another picture of a doe by itself following the same trail i don't know if that means anything i don't know could be you think her and the fawn got in a fight or something and like she's looking for yeah you know like she's like i want to go date this boy and is it you guys not getting this joke i mean i got it it. i get what you're just not funny all right right, i'll I'll stop i'll stop jesus well today's show um, we're going to do, so we had our, our show kind of, uh, fall through for bad. lack of a better term. Well, yeah, just technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Not on our at end. At the last, uh, <laughs> did, did you say that? Not, I said not on our end. <laughs> Mike has to make sure to throw that in there. Yeah. It wasn't our fault. <laughs> it wasn't our fault. <laughs> and, uh. We were here. So we're, we're all, <laughs> <laughs> so we're all here already. So we've decided to go ahead and record a show and we're going to do a, uh, a Tales of the Chase episode. Uh-huh. We're actually going to talk about one of Andy's deer that he killed um, back in 18. Is that? I believe it was. He was. Uh, it was our boomer year, right? No. As a, at, as a group, it was. Yeah. 18. 19, 18? It was 18. 18, 18, 18 19. Yeah, because you tagged out. I tagged out. He killed a beast. Russell, Russell got the bull got in Colorado. Got the elk in Colorado. Pat didn't have a good year, but 
Pat killed a coyote. Yeah, but you know, Gar- most of Garen them. got that one. Was that the same year? Actually, yeah. I want to say Pat killed a turkey that year. Yeah, he did. Garen got a deer with a arrow in its neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had like a cool year as a group. But uh, so we're going to talk about Andy's <clears throat> archery deer that year. Yeah, pretty cool story. It's got some uh, uh, highs and lows, um, oh, yeah. all that stuff. So we're going to go through that, and you know, it's a good uh, good story to hear. So before we get into it, we got two um, sponsors for today's show. Uh, first, Huntworth. Check them out. They've looks like they're starting to gear up their inventory mm-hmm. um, for next year. <clears throat> so they I've got. Been, I've been meaning to get back on there and see what what's come re restocked. I guess. And yeah, I've still been wearing my stuff. So a little spring coyote hunting, and so it's just it's just comfortable. I, I their pants. Mm-hmm. I enjoy it. Their pants are my favorite because I have a hard time finding comfortable hunting pants just because I agree. I'm taller and it's just. Listen, like we don't want people to think that we're saying hunt worth or die. And I go no. go buy what you want. But I was recently on a, a the hunting gear podcast with Dan Johnson mm-hmm. and we talked about camo, if it was overrated or underrated, and we both agreed camo in general is overrated. You don't yeah. need to wear camo to go kill deer. Or it doesn't need to be, a, you know, the most expensive Sitka or whatever. Right. But what I mentioned in there, and I really do love about our partnership with Huntworth, is they've got nice quality stuff that I would put up against some of the expensive things. Yep. And it is affordable for the normal person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know, you go out and buy some of this expensive stuff, and you're going to spend $1,000 for a pair of pants and a coat. I'd rather spend $200. Right. And take eight hundred and go buy a new rifle scope. Yeah, exactly. That's just me. Or an elk tag. Or an elk tag, and yeah. have the experience, pay for an experience to go someplace, hunt something. Yeah, and that's what we like about yeah. Huntworth so far is it's it's quality stuff and it's it, it's affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways, we don't you know once again we don't care if you buy their stuff. Yeah. But we are partners with them. They've been awesome to deal with. And um, so if you are looking to buy some of their stuff, <laughs> as Andy breaks stuff, um, use the, the code MWW15 at checkout, and you'll get 15% off yep. on their stuff. Um, and then we also got Alps, Alps Outdoors. Yeah, used their pack the other day when we were setting cameras. I did so. too. Um, I'm going to use it again. Uh, hopefully we get to go coyote hunting here soon before the hay fields get too tall again. Ooh, yeah, we need a plan on that. Yep. Nice. <laughs> there goes his bush corn can. Bush corn. As he bush bangs line. his microphone all over the place. <laughs> In the chair on the floor. the chair on the concrete floor. <laughs> Sorry, guys. A little informal today. Uh, Pineapple. <laughs> and um, was I on a, a sponsor? Heath, little Heath Baker reference. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about Alps. There you go. You're talking about cow hunting and or using ba- or, uh, our bags and stuff. I still use, every time I go out, I use the chair. I, I did, was using that Grand Slam pack, the turkey pack. Yeah. Well, as the grass got taller, I started using the chair so that way I can get up off the ground. Yep. And honestly, the chair is lightweight enough, that little tripod chair. I strap it to the bag, strap my uh, yep. tripod to the bag. and So I'll be honest with you. Gone. If, if you were someone out there that likes to predator hunt, me and Andy both have now experienced, so I have the Alps Predator Pack. Right. Enforcer? I can't remember what yeah. it's called. And I and I do like it. It's comfortable. After getting my other pack, I also have that little tripod chair or whatever it's called, a little stool. And once I got my tripod, I prefer to be up off the ground a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, just however far that is. So and, it's a foot. And what I also like about the just the regular pack compared to the enforcer pack or the right. the pack with the the stand off the back of it, my gun doesn't bang around on the the right. arms for the the chair anymore, and so I'm probably not going to use that enforcer pack much anymore. I use the turkey hunt every time. It was money for turkey for hunt. that maybe, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the carrying the gun unless you use like a front sling. It's a little difficult, but the pack with just strapping that little, I mean, that little, to me, that tripod stool is worth its weight in gold. It's like, what, $15, $20? Yeah. And grab it, go. Slides right in the side pocket. Yep. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, check out Alps Gear at alpsgear.com. And uh, they should probably, I think they're pretty well stocked up again now, too. Yeah, they should be. A lot of the stuff's starting to roll back. Apparently, 
they carry more than just packs. I mean, that's what oh, we yeah. like to talk, talk about because we use the most, but like tents, uh, outdoor, sleeping bags. Outdoor gear, yeah, yeah. sleeping bags, shoot. shoot, all kinds of stuff. Our entire uh, elk hunting camp, I think, is going to be using <laughs> most Alps uh, camping bags and tents. Word to the wise. So I ordered trekking poles. Yeah. I thought. I ordered a single trekking pole. Uh, <laughs> oh, so they don't come in pairs. <laughs> that one didn't. Oh, okay. So I'm going to get the exact same pole again. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll have a set. <laughs> but make sure you read when you do that because some of them are just a single pole. I didn't Which, know that. I, I can see that. Uh, anyway, yeah, check them out. So w- let's just get right into the show. Um, we're not going to do the whole this is the Missouri Woods and Potter podcast thing and fade out and all that fun start, stuff. Talk, talk, we're just going to start talking. Cool. It's just us. So, Andrew. Tales of the Chase. Uh, Tales of the Chase. Uh, as Nate said, I don't know if you mentioned the name. Nope. Uh, I'm bad at naming deer, <laughs> so they're going to make fun of me. But I named this deer. The, the first time I see it, it was just really, it's a really tall deer. Just kind of immediately you, you recognize the tine length. And it was kind of, a to me, a high and tight. Didn't have a big spread. Yeah. Looks like towers. So I was like, well, t- twin towers? No, I ain't doing that. Like towers are powers. I mean, this deer was big. The body of the deer was was pretty big. So towers are power, and that's a, just a terrible name. Can you say that <laughs> over and over again? And so then I started abbreviating TP and and let's let's backtrack a little bit because the deer's the shit. <laughs> <laughs> if you recall, you asked opinions on the name for this deer multiple times. I probably did. Oh yeah, you're like I can't decide what so. Even though people make fun of me when I nickname my deer after Mortal Kombat characters. At least there's a consistency. I don't have to think that hard. I just be like, yeah, I like that name. Sector. Okay, this one's Sub-Zero. Cool. Uh, when you have to be creative, that's when you come up with garbage mm. names like yeah, Luigi over there. <laughs> <laughs> you could use Mario Yoshi. Brothers. Or, or Yoshi. Uh, that's yeah, better than TP. terrible names. You know what yeah, I call is. that deer? I call that a tall eight. <laughs> <laughs> You know that tall eight? I killed him. Yeah, the uh, tall eight because he's tall. He's an eight. Mainframe eight, anyways. He's got a few little stickers coming out. But. Yeah, he, I think he's ten scoreable points. Mainframe eight. He did have like a crab claw at the end, but it got broke. Um, you can check out the picture of him. I'm sure we'll have posted. Yeah. And uh, so it's kind of cool. We're gonna do a, a tales of the chase episode with one of us. Yeah. You know, it's just um, I think it's cool because as you hear the story, there's some learning points for people. Um, all kinds of cool stuff. Actually, this is a, a video Andy ha- or a hunt Andy has on video too. Mm-hmm. He actually put on um, YouTube, I think. Yeah, I don't see it. I'm not sure. This is pre Missouri Woods and Water. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd have to check. And I think my my channel is either D2R Outdoors or Dead Two Rights Outdoors. But it, we'll post a post a link on it. Um, don't judge. First video I ever did. It was all self-filmed. And th- this year, the, the year I killed this deer, I was really trying to self-film a kill on camera. Um, I mean, I was adamant I was going to. Uh, I tried to the year before, and I ended up missing because I was working on getting the camera in place and getting yeah. the deer stopped, and just I just, just straight whiffed. That's but, why I say I really respect people who the, self-film. And they can pull it off. Because it adds a lot of yeah. extra bullshit that you really don't have to do but yeah. yeah so actually this this hunt is on video and like andy said don't if you do watch it some for some reason don't judge because yeah, it is it andy's first attempt might be your last pre, who knows pre-tacticam too i didn't have the tacticam rolling there but i think i had one but i didn't have it on yet and all set up um but anyway so um the property i hunt is about oh it's roughly ballpark 160 acres 50 percent tillable uh, farm ground um, part corn, part beans on it. The rest is really thick timber. Um, lots of hedge trees. Put it in my hand. Lots. Put it in my hand. Took my clicker away. Eddie's <laughs> sitting here messing with this damn paper clip. <laughs> click, uh, click, click, click. Lots of hedge trees. And you have to apologize to the listeners for this interruption. I'm not apologizing. You apologize. <laughs> and uh, apologize. <laughs> But lots of lots right, of sorry, hedge sorry. trees, lots of ditches. I mean, it's but it's all like you say when you say fifty fifty, it's really broke up too, though. So it's so not just the big tim- ass. The timber is actually running in the middle of the farm for the most part. There's tillable ground on that would be the east side, a big field. Then there's three smaller fields on the west side, 
and like fingers of timber in between mm. each of those three smaller fields with the main piece running through. So if you look at it from a north and south, it looks like a backwards E almost of timber. Um, right. And I have, um, at this point that year, I had just started putting a, a pretty nice clover pot in. Uh, I took the tractor and tiller. There's some open parts I really worked on with the skid steer. Um, got good openings, cleared some some brush out and did some mowing and then came back and tilled. I mean, I put a lot of work that year into it and uh, got a good white clover pot started. It's not perfect. Still isn't. Um, so I was really excited about that that year. And, uh, that's when I got the first picture of him was in that plot. I <laughs> will probably post a picture at some point in time, my mineral site. I've literally had this mineral site for probably five years now. And it's probably, I don't know how big by six foot in diameter. Um, it wasn't as big that year, but, uh, he was at that mineral site. That's the first picture I got of him in velvet. Um, and the first text I got, what do you think I should name him? (laughs) It wasn't then. You think I should name him? But, uh, have a picture of him and, uh, walking away. And that's when you can see just the, the time length from the back. I mean, him walking away and, uh, he became number one on my hit list that year. Um, the, in the property I hunted, I mentioned like, there's always those roamer deers. Yeah. There's usually two of them that show up, and you're like, holy smokes, where did he come from? Right. He's hiding someplace on the neighbors. I'm not his home. There's always two, at least about two, that'll, that'll about deer season start coming. That year there was. There's two of them I seen in that field, and I was like, holy crap. But this one was consistent. I knew who he was, had a little bit of history on him. So was this was the year that you killed him, was that the first year you – had ever seen him as far as you know or um, at least noticed him I noticed him so i'm i'm fairly good about management there and i don't necessarily take my inventory of deers i won't shoot um if it's a two and a half year old or i try not to shoot three and a half year olds however i have a general rule of thumb and it's not oh that deer's three and a half i can't shoot him if that deer gets my blood pumping yep it's it I mean, I, I think everybody not, that listens to us understands that's pretty much what we think. It's I mean, probably not the best policy, but I mean, if it's a two and I shouldn't say that, but two and a half year old deer and it's massive and it got my blood pumping, I'm not going to stop. I'm like, Hey, how old are you? I, <laughs> <laughs> are you old enough to me shoot? You know, I, I'm just not. It, and that's probably why I can never shoot that 180 plus. I do have a good one, but well, I mean, but you know, I think once again, I'll see people post on like Facebook and things like that. Should I, you know, should I shoot or pass this deer? It's impossible to answer that question for somebody. Well, what are you, you know, what are you trying to get at? Are you, do you want to shoot six year old deer? Right. I mean, but for me, it's, if it gets your blood pumping and it's going to make you happy, then great. Make, do what makes you happy. But, um, yeah, and I, you know, there's there's a lot of people out there who'd be like, I'd never shoot a three-and-a-half-year-old deer. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's to each their own. Yeah. It literally is. It, it's my, I mean, it, my place to hunt, I get to set the rules for the most part. Right. Those are my rules. And I had one last year, and I think I've said this in an earlier podcast, there's two deer I knew of, I documented, the one was crazy looking at all kinds of kickers going everywhere. He, I mean, I had that feeling, but I still had a question of, Oh, should I shoot him? Should I not? Should I shoot him? Should I not? And in my mind, I tell myself, if you question it more, I mean, if you have a good look at the deer and you're still questioning it, don't do it. Don't shoot it. Yeah. With a deer I shoot, I see him. I know that's it. Yep. Whether or not I'm familiar with the deer or not, that's just the rules. Right. And uh, yeah, once again, whose tag is it? Yeah, use? exactly. It's, it's my yours. tag to use. So. so no one really gets to tell you how to use your own right. tag. So, that I mean, that's for me. That's a big part of it. So the years before, I might have seen him. Just yeah, he didn't have the the time length nor the mass that he did that year. Right. He's an eight point. There's a there's a lot of eight points on there. I'm not gonna lie. Um, and so he he wasn't noticeable. The year that I shot him, he was noticeable from the beginning. Um, yeah. You know that June July. You so he started, could have been a new deer, or just exploded into his. You know he could be four and a half. I, I remember that deer. And he had so a good he, dark he, coat, big body. Yeah. I'm guessing he was probably four and a half. Um, so as the year went on, I kept kind of I, – I was 
I run several cameras and I, I start narrowing down their normal travel patterns um, and closing in. Well, he was in the back of this big field. There's like this U-shaped field, I call it. And I kept getting pictures of him back in there. And uh, I have a stand that overlooks a waterway. It's at the end of a waterway and it's it's high. And uh, I also use it as a scouting stand for the most part and I'll sit there. It may not be the best bow hunting stand because it's kind of on a point. Right. So your shots are going to be fairly long except for one spot. And so I use it and I scout during, uh, during early season, see what's moving, where's it traveling. And I take a climber. If I see, okay, these deer are coming across this corner. I've seen this deer over a couple of times. I'll take a climbing stand and I'll start. There's three or four trees around the field. I'll pick those and try to, you know, guess where they're going to cut across the field that that time uh so i'd been seeing this deer from the scouting stand uh he would come out in these two corners and he was staying on the far north edge of this field and traveling that line so i grabbed the climber and a couple times i was seeing deer but wasn't seeing him and just kept going kept going um my closest encounter i had with him prior to me shooting him my father-in-law was in a, a stand to the <laughs> south of me across the field. I could see him. I was in that stand I was talking about. The deer come out south of my father-in-law. There's a nice buck in there and a couple does. I start ra- rattling, trying to get those deer to come across his face and see if he could get a shot. While I'm sitting here rattling, there was nothing in the field uh, in front of me whenever I started. And I was rattling. And the deer across the field looked. But they kind of milled around, didn't really come. Yeah, I didn't care. Well, I look back, and there he stands literally in the middle of this field, I don't know, 50 yards, and realizes where the rattlings come from, and he just takes off like a rock. I'm like, shit. Is that one of the ones you had on video? I think it might be. Yeah, because you had you quite had multiple encounters yeah. on video. Yeah. And there was actually another deer with that deer. It wasn't as big rack size, but his body is, and you can see it in the video if you watch it. I called him Frank the Tank because yeah, he was just here. massive. I do like that name. That was a that, better. That name. That was, was a better okay. name. Yeah, better. And uh, only because of the movie. Yeah. The well, name. What movie is that? Old uh, school. Old school. Yeah. <laughs> Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank. No. Was uh, he an eight pointer too? He was. He, they're him, both eight points. I would call him Little Eight. <laughs> but he was. His body was bigger though. <laughs> little Eight with the big body. <laughs> yeah. Big body, Little Eight. And uh, so, what's faster? Let's let's just end this argument right now. Is it faster to say Frank the Tank, which is a long nickname, FYI, or, you know, that little eight with the big body? There's too many eight points that you can have. There's so many little eights you can have. What I'm saying is, is Micah, it the little, little eight? Or little, little, little That's eight. my point. Micah, Whatever. you're wrong. Nickname deer eight. and move on with your life. We always nickname our deer after they're shot. That's how ours work. <laughs> That's how it works. So the dead eight? The dead eight? <laughs> no. no. And that's the uh, dead eight. That's the, <laughs> that's the no, dead, that's bigger dead eight. ten. <laughs> no. Like my buddy, uh, he killed a 150. That's Jimmy's deer. <laughs> this is a 152 eight point. Oh, so it's the 152 eight. Yeah, no, but 15. he killed it out of the stand that we called the bucket because a long time ago they they used to just so they sit call on them a bucket. The bucket eight. They call him the bucket. Which is naming the deer after, after they're dead. After they're dead. Now, who does that? Who names them after they're dead? We do, apparently, <laughs> in the group of guys I go up north with. <laughs> That's how we work. That's how we roll. Yeah. Okay, okay. But, anyway. So I kept playing kind of cat and mouse, cat and mouse with that deer back and forth. Um, and back to Frank the Tank, actually. So obviously I killed this deer. We're telling tales of the chase. I killed this deer. It was a Thursday before gun season. Opening afternoon of gun season – I had Frank the Tank at 10 yards. I was sitting on the ground with a rifle and walked 10 yards past me. I have a video. I hope it's still on my phone. If not, it's on my computer. And uh, passed him just because I just killed this one. Right. So I was like, man, it's early in the season. Surely something will show up, and he's going to be massive for next year. As soon as he got out of eyesight, boom, boom, right on the neighbors. <laughs> and I've it's neighbor's tag, not mine. Once it was again, a yeah. good deer. Honestly, if I hadn't already shot him, I probably would have shot him. So I'm not upset about it, but it was just one of those unfortunate events mm-hmm. that yeah, it happens. He was right. I mean, I literally didn't even have to aim the gun. I could have just pulled the trigger. That's one of those days, and I think opening morning of gun season in Missouri, 
a lot of deer, mm-hmm. they're dead no matter what. Like, right. if they're in a if, certain area and they doing travel certain and things, active. they're in trouble. Yeah. Um, some aren't. You know, some are smarter, but other it's just like, dude, you got 40 hunters within you and that doe. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and if you don't have a management plan with your neighbors, it's going to happen. Yeah. Right. Know. Sure. Yeah. So go back. I mean, back to, to the story, I guess that, so I, <clears throat> seeing this deer with the other deer, I kept moving, using that, that climbing stand. He would never come in the same corner that I was in. So I just said, forget the climbing stand. I'm going back to my observation stand. Right. And one he'll eventually cross me. Yeah. It has to happen. I remember you, you, you were in your, not in your I head. I was trying decoys. But you were just like, what stand, where should I go? Should I go to this north corner? Should I go to the observation stand? Where should I go? You can see in the video, I had him come out straight to the north of me down this fence line. And I rattled at him. He was like pissed off and he was coming, but then he couldn't see anything. And he stopped. Mm-hmm. I was like, shit, like he can't see anything. I guess so he's not, he's looking. And he eventually come out to the middle of the field, but he's just too far of a shot for me to take. That's a smart deer, you know. They, why don't I see what right. I just heard? And then, uh, and the time before I had an encounter with him, he was twenty yards from me, straight behind me in the timber, where I had zero shot whatsoever. And I just, I was doing everything just to try to get that extra, you know, five steps to get him in a shooting lane, and grunting at him, little doe call like. I probably honestly was doing too much, mm-hmm. but uh, it's like you start panicking. I did. I do. Yeah, is, is I what mean, it is. Well, I think everybody does. That's why I keep they, running. They're about I get an to adrenaline rush, and I I put oh, myself yeah. in those situations of I have to think quick. I don't know. And when you're about to see a deer that you want to shoot walk out of your life, oh, I mean, it's it's almost like you feel that panic. Yeah. Uh, you feel defeated. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, absolutely. No dude. fun. And uh, so I again, like you're talking about, I started getting frustrated, like. I had over seven encounters. I can count for sure seven different encounters with him. And then uh, Thursday before rifle season, I always like hunting that Thursday for some reason. I just, I literally, it's, if I can pick any day, it's probably that day. And uh, I went out uh, right after work, uh, left work early that day, got in the stand and, uh, Put on my uh, hearty face paint. I was jacking around. I, I don't know why I do that. I like <laughs> yeah. doing put on the face paint. Just oh, it's fun. Puts me in the zone. <laughs> and uh, text the guys, hey, I'm in the stand. Just got to sit here. As soon as I sent the text message, I was in the stand. I wasn't there for 10 minutes. And he comes out straight across this field walking right at me. And it was enough time to turn the camera on, turn to where he was walking. And he walks straight to my stand. There's one path across the waterway. He mills around for maybe, it felt like eternity, but like five seconds. Crosses where I cross, smelling my tracks. And I made the mistake right there. Of I, He was walking so slow, smelling my tracks, I didn't stop him. He was, I think it was a 25-yard shot. And I was like, shoot, my bow's fast enough, blah, blah, blah. You know, a little cockiness that shouldn't have been there. And uh, I should have stopped him, should have, you know, grunted or something. Um, I shot and I knew immediately I hit him back and I, I actually rewound my video camera and looked and looked. I knew I hit him. I went down there and got down and found the arrow. It was a gut shot. You could smell it. It was bad. Didn't um, you, not to stop you here, but is that the same? Didn't you have a shot at a deer one time where you, your string hit your hook? Same stand. Yeah. But it wasn't that, it wasn't him. That wasn't that shot. No, it wasn't this shot. Okay, was, it was di- that was a different deer, um, and that was the that was a clean miss. Yeah, I just couldn't remember um, if that was him. Or I don't what. remember if that was that year, even if that was a year before. But the same deer, I swung in my when I was full draw. I swung and my bow hanger went in between my string and my bow. Yeah, and I thought it was folded in. And when I shot it, like my string, like hit that. Yeah. And I straight whiffed him. Yeah, I couldn't remember if that was. I, like I said, I thought I remember you totally missing that same deer, stand. But I remember it being the same stand. Yeah. Because the next year I cut down every tree on that side <laughs> <laughs> to make sure that I could have a better shot before that angle. Um, but anyway, I, I hit him, got down, checked the arrow. You can see it on the video again of the story of. I was literally distraught, like. Knowing I made a bad shot, I was so mad at myself because it was a chip shot. 
25 yards, completely broadside. I didn't even have to stand up to make the shot. He walked right there, perfect angle, but I just didn't stop him. Mm-hmm. My my height of the shot was correct, and it just he took – we can watch the video, took one more step, and I just a little late on the release. And uh, he ran off, took off. I watched where he ran in the woods, never heard a crash. I'm like, shit. Got down, checked the arrow for blood. My, I mean, I am – my blood's pumping at this point in time. I'm I'm excited, but I'm mad at myself. And uh, I don't know. It's one of those things as a hunter, you never want to make a bad shot. It's not right. your intention. You don't want an animal to suffer. So I went and looked for blood. Couldn't find blood from the animal yet. And at this point, it was. At this point, you were just looking right in the field where you knew he wasn't anymore. Right. You didn't I didn't take follow him in him. the woods. Right, yeah. No. And um, so I knew it was the shot was back. So unless I, excuse me, unless I found a good blood trail, that corn beer you're drinking, the corn beer's got me <laughs> on the the burps. Uh, unless I found a good blood trail, I wasn't going to push him at, by any means, and uh, found no blood trail. And but I knew he was hit, so I was like, crap. So I literally I, I left, backed out, and went back the next morning at first light. So was this Stop. an evening hunt? Yeah, 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 and it was cold. It was cold. I remember it was colder in hell. Yeah, uh, all night. So that's another reason for you to back out. Mm -hmm. You you're not going to lose anything. It's even if he were to die. My only risk of losing anything was to coyotes. Right, right. Um. So anyway, the next morning, um, I called my father-in-law and I called my dad. I think I called you. You were working, maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. I was calling people. I was panicking. So I went out and. Went through where he went. I was going to just comb the woods because I knew he was hit. Mm-hmm. He may bleed internally, but he may not bleed out. Right. And uh, probably, you can see the tracks where he ran. And I want to say probably 20 yards in the timber, he jumped over a log, and I found the first drop of blood. And I'm talking, when I say drop of blood, I'm not even a thumbnail size of blood. And I literally crawled and was following this trail and finding leaves of blood like he was wiping it mm-hmm. and i kept going kept going you mean he was picking up a leaf and wiping it yeah yeah that's all i didn't realize they could front like the, he like clips them <laughs> and then he just like wipes them off <laughs> but the, the leaves on the the weeds are wiping against him and uh so we started kind of fanning out in that direction and it just stopped just nothing there and uh my father-in-law and my dad went one way, started looking. Well, in the meantime, I seen a, a good-sized buck walk, I want to say 100 yards through the timber, just a glimpse of him. And I'm looking through my binoculars, everything, looking, looking. Well, here in probably about two minutes, three minutes, here comes this kind of, I call him Baskerac 10, comes by me, didn't know I was there, let him pass. Wasn't the deer I shot. I could have blasted them. I'm, well, Knowing my shooting skills, I could have attempted to <laughs> try to. I could have attempted to blast yeah. him. But he, I mean, he walks right past me and uh, wasn't the deer I shot. I knew I had an arrow in a deer, so I was trying to find him. And uh, he goes by, and I, I was like, that wasn't the deer I seen off in the distance, off in the, in the timber. So anyway, I'm, I can find the tracks a little bit of the deer that I feel like we shot. That feel like I shot the, the track, I feel like the, the direction he's traveling. Sorry. And uh, this time, Dad and father will come back. And we're walking down this trail. And the leaves, you can tell, were pushed. Like, and, and Dad goes, does it look like this deer, whatever deer this is, dragging a foot? And I'm like, well, I, yeah, I could see what you're saying. So it's every so often there's, you know, the leaves were kind of drug up. And uh, he's like, this might be something. Well, we followed that probably another 30 yards and found big old spot of blood where he had stopped. And, uh, like he bed or was he just standing? No, there? he was just standing there. Okay. Well, what's weird. We ended up from there. We tracked him. He did like this weird figure eight and came back almost to the same spot. And so we're standing there and I'm going to tell him myself the rest of the story. Cause it, it doesn't end pretty. I'm not proud of it, but it is what it is. So we're standing we'll, there. We'll get into lessons. I mean, oh, yeah. lessons learned. It's and uh, I was like, well, he has to. I mean, if he came back here because we followed this whole trail, shouldn't he be close? And 
I was telling them that my father-in-law never seen the dad never seen the deer I was talking about through the timber. It's like I just seen a pretty good buck come through here somewhere. I was like, I'm not saying it's him, but I'm saying I seen a nice buck. About that time, my father-in-law yells, "There he goes!" and TP stands up and just starts kind of trotting off a little bit. You can tell he's hurting, like he was not. So he was bedded right there somewhere. He was bedded like 30 yards from us in the timber. And he was moving at the, at the pace, basically, if I could almost ran and caught him through the woods. And uh, since I'm not Rambo, I decided to, to back off a little bit. He wasn't moving very fast. The bad side is, this is now Friday. Gun season starts on Saturday. I have to go to work. <laughs> and uh, so it's one of those things, we either find him or we don't right now. Right. For me, in my mind. And it's okay. We know which way he went. He's not moving fast. He's hurt. So I went and literally circled him and started working my way back um, to where I thought he ran. And uh, basically, my, I almost get within eye shot of where my father-in-law and dad were, and we see him bedded up underneath uh, this big old hedge tree. He bedded back somewhere. He bedded back How far down. do you think he ran from so he where was hurting he was um, From where I first bounced him, 150 yards. Yeah, so he didn't feel very good. No, and he laid down, and he, I mean, he wasn't even holding his head up. He was dead, and uh, just a matter of time. So I ended up walking up at that point in time and putting another arrow in him and finishing it, Um, which, again, you feel terrible because I don't want an animal to suffer. That's not the point of of me hunting is just to kill, to be heartless. It it sours the the enjoyment of it a lot, but, Mm -hmm. I mean, it is – it is what it is. Right. I mean, you you want it to make a great shot. To, it yep. happens to every hunter. It's going to happen right. to every hunter at some point in their career as a hunter. What I felt like I did, I I expended all my resources to find a deer. I put an arrow in. I felt like I could have easily walked up the map. I, I didn't find any blood. He must, you know, I must have just grazed him. Throws your hands up. and Can't find him. him. He's gone. I wasn't doing that. Um, and so I got up, I mean – first light and was crawling on hands and knees looking for blood looking for trails um, did everything we could and thankfully luckily this time it worked out and uh, was able to get my hands on him and now he's mounted right here in my basement so and I I mean and I think that's as a hunter that's how I would want someone I don't know to act right like if if they shot a deer they know they hit the deer yeah do everything you can to recover the deer. Right. If you did everything you could and it didn't happen, then we can talk yeah. about should you use your tag or not. You know, but because um, there's a lot of folks that say, you know, I don't cover, I, reco- I don't recover the deer. I'm not using my tag. There's right. some folks that say, I know I shot the deer. It's probably dead somewhere. I'm going to punch my tag. But what I want to see from an outsider's perspective on something is I want to see somebody do everything they can to recover what it is they shot. Right. And had you not continued really looking for his tracks and his and blood, he he probably would have died in that first bed. He would have died in, yeah. within the next few hours and been wasted. And coyotes would have got him. And Yep. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this last year, I'll tell myself again, people don't think I'm a really shitty hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I stuck one in the shoulder last year. and uh, Did we tell that story on here? Yeah, yeah we did. We looked for three days yep. for that deer. I remember the day, the second day when I helped you, uh, there was four of us out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And we were out there. I was out there for three hours almost. Yeah. And, then and you I had, had to leave. leave. Yeah. I was out and there for probably another two after that. You, Pat, and your dad and were still out there. I grid walked everything that I was allowed to looking for him. And I had five inches of penetration. But that's what yeah. she said. <laughs> <laughs> oopsies but yeah i mean but i mean i'm i'm that that's me and if i've done everything that i could have like you're talking about and i can't find him i don't know i'm punching my tag just because i did everything i could right Uh, i'm the same way yeah Yeah, i get it but i mean that's what's cool about these tales of the chase episodes we do or even just talking about other stuff is people can learn from Mm -hmm. these stories and what I think is cool about this one is, you know, it's one of us, Yeah. you know, we're quote unquote, I don't know what the hell this means, but we're quote unquote in the industry with a podcast. Sure. And it's, you know, it's not anybody that 
thanks everything you know these these hunting shows that kill everything perfectly every day and every oh, time and it's full of it it's it's fake you know it's that's not how the real world is and if there's new hunters out there that are listening to stuff like this podcast and other yeah. things that's they you know it's not always going to be rainbows and sunshine i yeah. mean if you can go through your whole hunting career and never have a questionable shot or stress over finding an animal great You're, but yeah better than i am good luck yeah yeah um, majority of the shows out there only show you what they want to show you, which yeah. is why I don't, I watch the shows that don't, I yeah. watch the shows that show you the real stuff of what really happens. I'm but, a big fan of born and raised. Um, I know all of us oh, are hell yeah. 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 because they, they have that elk hunting series and they show you everything. Mm -hmm. They'll show you their losses if yep. they don't recover. Um, I, I remember that one they did with Hushin. I can't remember. Casey. Um, no, I guess it oh yeah, maybe, I don't know. It might have been Casey, but shot that one and they found it like the last second. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Are you talking about the one where um, I, I'm Trevor uh, uh, had to sh put two more arrows in it? No, this is. Uh, I feel bad because he's one of my favorite characters on on Hushin. Characters, characters. He's a real person. He's a person. <laughs> the blonde guy. Oh, blonde I know guy. who you're talking about, but I can't think of his name. I feel terrible. I'm bad at names. Anyway. It, it was, yeah, they're hunting in, like, the swampy area. But I, I think those shows are great. And that I consider that a successful hunt, recovered him. I used all the meat from the deer. Mm -hmm. I got his cape. Cape is still good. Yep. He's mounted, again, mounted on the wall. Ended up scoring 142 and 3 eighths. As an eight-pointer. As an eight-pointer. Ten scoreable points, eight-point mainframe, um, two kickers coming off his brows. Um, yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, I don't care who the hell you are, when an eight-pointer – reaches 140 inches oh that's a badass deer because eight yeah. you know from a scoring standpoint which i mean we all score our deer but i could give a shit really you know if it's a deer i want that's it's gonna get shot but um you gotta like when you i got into scoring deer i enjoy measuring right. deer I, I have fun doing it um when you're an eight pointer you're screwing yourself out of some measurements that right. you know hurt you hitting some of those Big numbers. Are are you missing a do you are you missing a mass and a tine length measurement or just a tine? No, length? you you still get if I remember everything, you still get four mass measurements. Okay, so you're just missing that tine. But length. you're missing if you think about your G fours as a ten pointer. You know, you're missing potentially well, ten, like uh, five inches that, a piece. Look at that deer right there. Right, ten more inches. Yep, now he's one fifty two three or whatever it is. Right. So, you know, eight pointers when they hit one hundred forty inches, they're big deer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. So, uh, let's talk about some stuff, some lessons learned, right? Oh, man. So, the first thing is, yeah, I'm guessing you would have stopped him if you could have done it all over. Right. I mean, it's not like we didn't practice. Like, especially that year, we shot a lot of 3D tournaments. We oh, shot yeah. in the yard. We shot, like, I shot probably more that year than I ever have. But did we ever shoot anything moving? You never shoot anything moving. Yeah. And but remember, mistake number one, everything goes back to, I didn't stop him. That's you, what it all goes back to. I think it was just me and Micah because we were up north and when we recorded this episode with Greg, uh, Jury Outdoors, <clears throat> and Greg talks about practicing, practicing, practicing. And I had a similar incident where I killed a deer last year mm -hmm. that I didn't stop that was moving. Yeah. And I also hit him back. And Greg talks about he practices moving shots because Greg does not like stopping deer yeah. in general. Um, if they stop on their own, he will, but he doesn't like meh. You know, doing that. Okay, so he practices those shots. Yeah. And then Mike and I are sitting there going, "That's a, I mean, that's good a idea. good point because I've I never practiced yeah. shooting at something moving, just because oh, you just don't. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've never had that experience where I went to stop a deer and it bolted though. He has had those experiences. I, right. I totally get why yeah. he does it, and I understand <laughs> that, and I respect him for it. You know, that's his decision to make, but. I mean, yeah, it's it's to each their own. Exactly, all what you feel you can execute ethically yeah. and get that deer killed. If he yeah. feels like that's his best ethical shot, yeah, by all means. So yeah, you would definitely would have stopped him. All goes back to stopping him, in my opinion. And I mean, if I stop him, all the rest is taken care of. Because I, I should, in my mind, at that point, make a better clean kill shot that I would have been able to recover him that night or first thing in the morning with a clear blood trail. However. You made some really good decisions too. I did. Um, you 
I didn't jump have... out of the deer stand after I realized I've... <laughs> uh, I, didn't, I didn't hang myself out of the deer stand or tree stand. Uh, you got down, checked your arrow, knew it was a gut shot. Right. Did a little bit of looking right there in the I beginning. I looked in the field. I didn't right. push him. Uh, the first good decision you made was not going after him after an hour or something right. because I guarantee you, you bump him and you'll never see him again. Right. Because yeah, he, he still had county. plenty of... Uh, life. Life in him to run. Yeah. And so... The first, I mean, really, the best decision you made was backing out um, that that night and mm-hmm. going back. What was it like? Sixteen hours later, when you showed up in the morning, I think. So it was. I shot him at like three. So it would have been three to three is twelve to six. So it'd been like fifteen hours. Yeah, and that's that's quite a bit of time to give him. And so yeah. there's a, a that's actually a really good decision in that case because. If well, you honestly, really, that time you, of year six is still dark. So it was like, yeah, it was probably seven. Six, it would probably been 16 hours. Right. And if you really think about it, if you gut shot a deer, it will die. Oh, yeah. I mean, mo- it's highly gonna get, likely. It's going to get septic and die. It's going to yeah. die somehow. Yeah. Okay, so you just got to let it happen without bumping them out of where they're right. going to die. Because a lot of times you hear that whole addict or the, what's the old wives' tale or whatever the hell right. it's called that, you know, they'll go where they – feel comfortable and they'll bed down mm-hmm. and they'll stay there. I thought they always went to water. Well, you hear that, I but heard then I hear too. otherwise, but I mean, was he close to water? Was he? Was he close to water? Yeah. Um, not really. Okay. There there's so many ditches that run through right, there right, honestly, yeah. so like there's water throughout the entire property. Okay. Yeah. Who know who knows it in the end. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's true and I'm sure there's times it's not true. But uh that's a good decision you made. Yeah. And then honestly, you got to do what you got to do when you saw him alive. You know, you had yeah. to make a decision. Okay, I'm, I can go kill him. I'm well, gonna go finish him yeah, off. Yeah, I don't. That, yeah, at that yeah. point, I mean, he was right. On I his also last don't let people anyways. think I was pushing deer. We weren't pushing a deer. Like that's not what we were there doing. My my father and father-in-law came to help me look for that deer. More eyes is better than that. So I don't want people to think I was running this deer. We I went to circle him to try to come back, and they stayed where they were. And I met them. Like he didn't go very far. Yeah, he, yeah, that's no. And I think you made the right decision. And of course, it was all like it was during legal shooting light, and it was oh, yeah. you know you were using the right equipment. I mean, it's not like you were doing anything illegally, but you know, that's that's difficult. That's a difficult decision sometimes for somebody to make if they see a deer that they were after get up and run. If he would have got up and bolted and just like jetted out of there, I probably would have been like, well, he's fine. He was not running to where he he was barely. I mean, he was struggling through the woods. Right. So I knew he was hurt. Knew he was going. Well, I say no. Good idea that he would die, and so I had to do my best to recover him. Oh, I mean, forty five minutes later, you might have walked to that same spot, and he was dead right there, and never got up. I mean, you know, oh. he was close to death. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so there's always lessons you can learn, and you know, I think one thing people need to really think from this story is they got to really decide are are they going to stop deer or not? Right. Do you, are you ready to shoot a deer that's moving or not? Yeah. Think about that. And that, what that effect, that one step of a deer has what, 18 inches of difference. Yeah. How fast are they moving? Right. How far away are they? Yep. All those things. A deer at 40 yards, one step and your sight peep is different than a deer at 10 yards in, in one step. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, that's one thing for people to think about on this one is stopping deer and how they are going to go about it. If you're someone like Greg who isn't going to stop a deer, okay, practice. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't believe I never thought of that when he said that. Mm-hmm. Practice just a moving target. It would be kind of hard to do, though. Yeah, I mean, it's not the easiest thing. You <laughs> yeah, put something so, on wheels and move it. But yeah. I mean, like with a rifle, I guess, I'm more, I mean, I wouldn't have had to. He was so close. But also, it's a rifle. I'm also the first one to yell, hey, mother. <laughs> get him to stop you know <laughs> i'm not a man person anything that i can yell to get him to stop but uh yeah so that's one thing and then obviously think about um when do we back out you know all these all these podcasts i listen to there's all kinds of information out there about when to back out i think even like the dreary outdoors yeah they got an app for they it right? an app Has for a, where you hit how long you wait because what's what organs are there and i think if i looked it up like it was supposed to be like I was right at that. I was pushing the time frame, I think, for where I, how long I should have waited, which would have been right. Uh, yeah. Because, like you said, I think 45 minutes, that deer's dead. Yeah. And you're, you're, there's a lot of new hunters out there that get so excited 
about going and trying to find the deer that oh, yeah. they just shot. And me, my first archery deer I ever shot, I didn't recover. And we can talk tell that story some other day, but um you get so excited about going and looking for it that you don't yeah. take some of the stuff into account that you notice. Mm-hmm. You you see your arrow, it's got the gutty smell to it. Um, you don't see blood and then you still go looking for it. Yeah. You're asking for failure. There. Right. I mean, you're in a situation that you're probably going to lose and that's where you got to, you know, if you're not sure, the first thing I would say is call people that are smarter than you. Yeah. You know, like resources, call your buddies, call uh, like a new hunter. There's got to be somebody that they know that made them like it. And Nate will yeah. attest to this because he's one I call him, Pat. I mean, I call them first a lot of times. They talk me down. Of, yeah, I don't <laughs> call Micah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> but uh, they talk me down of, of uh, back out. Like, From jumping out of the tree stand. Jumping out of the tree stand. Uh, but I... The, the person doing the hunting, I mean, they're geeked up on adrenaline and everything else. The people who you're telling us to, a lot of times, you know. They're you looking call, at it from a wide okay, angle. Right. Okay, let's try it. Let's get this thing done for you. We need to do X, Y, Z. Right. You know? And I, that's a great point. You got people that are not sitting right there that they can go, hey, chill, chill. Let's, right. let's think about this for a second. Same thing happened to me with my archery deer this last year. I called all of you. Several other people. I yeah. mean, you know, I, I don't do good with not knowing what's going on. So <laughs> yeah, I, you I really was probably don't. worse than you on that <laughs> case. But uh, it, it's a good idea to call those people. Yeah. And, you know, if you're a new hunter and you don't really have a lot of experience, just chill. for Just take two beats and yep. call a buddy. Call your dad. Call your whoever, your sit. mentor, and say, hey, here's or what happened. Sit there. Sit there and just rethink it in your mind and give it a, a real, I mean, honest thought of what just happened. Right. Yeah. But that is an awesome story and it had a good ending. Good ending, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and a horrible freaking name for a deer, but hey. It's so, a heck of a deer though. Man. It is a heck of a deer. Looking at it's it right old, now. It's old TP. Old TP. Tower of Powers. Tower of Towers Power. of Power. Feel free to check it out. Uh, we'll post that YouTube uh, Yeah, we'll try to get a link to his video, too. And like I said, it's it's a well, very rudimentary attempt. We, yeah. can we, we are f- not film guys. Can we throw it on the Missouri Woods and Water? Oh, I'm sure we can. Do we have a YouTube channel? We do. We, we technically do. Hot I, I, dog. I have a channel for us. But we'll see if we can share it on that one. I'm sure you know I have what's funny it. is on our YouTube channel? We have like two subscribers. <laughs> oh, really? We have no videos. Not a Sorry, guys. <laughs> or gals. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. Well, maybe we'll work on that. We don't know. We, we'll try to figure out a way to put that video on there so that right. you can kind of watch what Andy was explaining on his videos. And, you know, it's we're, we're not Heartland Bowhunter. We're yeah. not THP. But uh, it is kind of cool that he, he was able to get it on video and you got that memory. Yeah. That's for sure. So and I, I had I don't know I counted up how many different videos I have of them how long I had like th- three plus hours of footage of just this deer from the deer stand that's pretty impressive just because he was always in the field when I I mean he but he was so far away yeah rifle season I was geeked out if I didn't get him to <laughs> you're bow, like it's done deal <laughs> rifle season he was there well yes and no because I have somebody else who actually hunts that property with me rifle season right and they they kind of have that part of the farm where he was. And uh, nothing doesn't travel, but it could have been a different story. Yeah. What's cool, I think it's cool about some of these stories is some of the history people have. Yeah. Your history was only that year, mm-hmm. but he was, it's like you, you got to know him. You almost knew where he was going to come out every night. Um, you got to the point where I almost, if I remember correctly, because we all talk during tree, right. or hunting season, you know, all of us buddies, and we all talk about what's going on, how it's going. And it, I think you almost got to the point where you're like, I, I might as well not even go morning hunting anymore. Yeah, he, he wasn't. Like he was morning. an evening yep. deer there, and it's it was almost like clockwork. I swear, every night you'd be like, there he is, send he's a, here. You'd send yep. pictures, send a group and stuff. text, there he is. Yep, yep. And you know, about dark, we're all like, so dot right. dot 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 dot, not caught, didn't get close enough. Right. You know, it, so like we were all kind of living vicariously through you with him, too, because. Yeah. We all got to know that damn deer as well. And that's why I think I enjoy hunting so much as I, we do have um, our, our group of buddies that hunt together and stuff. And it makes it that much more fun. And I encourage you guys, our listeners, if you don't have that, find some like-minded people and share your experiences with them. Because it, it, to me, it helps. I mean, it, bring, it brings a different aspect to everything. It does. It does. It changes it to where it's not just, I love sitting in the woods by myself with nature. 
but sharing everybody's experiences almost multiplies the effect for us it does. to where we live vicariously through each other and support each other and dragging yeah. support we give we each talk, other a hard time we talk a lot of shit <laughs> that's all we do but, but i'll be honest with you my second favorite thing to do is helping somebody else go drag it oh no doubt yep. oh yeah yeah my nieces and nephews can tell them my nephew thought literally i was going to like knock him out of the deer stand i was like beating on him and hugging him so hard the last <laughs> i want to say it was a second deer i was with him for his first and second deer he killed and he's like, dude, I thought you were going to fall out of the tree. Like, you're, like, jumping around. I was like, dude, I was I was stoked. Yeah. And it wasn't even me. It was I shared that experience with somebody. Yeah. So We give each other a hard time, but in the drop of a hat, we're there to help each other. Oh, yeah. well, that same year, you helped me drag out my second one. Yeah, yeah, that one right there on the wall. Yeah, the other one, which, not as cool a story, but it was a good deer. Yeah. They scored. I killed two deer same year. One scored 142 and three-eighths. The other one scored 148. No, sorry. One scored one forty three and four eighths. The other one scored one forty two and four and three eighths. Yeah, yeah, two good deer. Yeah, I mean, and one's I mean, a ten point, one's an eight point. Right. Yeah, it was it was a good year for you in the end. I mean, it was a good year know, for all, all of us all that, year. that year. Well, yeah. we might have to share that collage picture of all of our deer. Oh, that was episode. a cool picture. Yeah. Yeah. Micah <laughs> killed like a one sixty four. Nate killed tagged out two deer that were really solid deer. I don't. One was a 150-something, and the no, other one... the my 8-pointer was like a 145 and was it? some change, and then uh, my 10-pointer is actually... Dude, I was like trying the, to give you some 30s. extra credit, man. Yeah. Hey, might as well uh, tell the truth, right? Russell, Russell killed an elk. We already talked about this in the beginning, but oh, Russell yeah. killed an yeah. elk. Garen... So, I mentioned <laughs> it before, like I mentioned in the beginning. Garen killed this deer. It's a super wide spread, but it also has an arrow sticking out of its neck. Not just an arrow. An entirety of an arrow. Right, the, the entire... inches. Yeah. yeah. It, like, stuck into the meat of this deer's ear, arrow or head right behind the skull. Yeah, like two inches and of penetration. There's this arrow dangling out of its skull. Didn't break off nothing, just the entire yeah. thing. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and did he kill that opening weekend, or was that second? Almost second weekend. See, and that's crazy. I mean, Cause yeah, how not long only made it through archery, made it through yeah. opening weekend. Yeah. How long has that arrow been in there? Right. You know? That's pretty cool. Was it all nasty and stuff? I never got to saw the de- see the deer. I never seen the deer either, but I don't think so. I think he actually had it mounted like that. Really? Oh, if I'm I not, if I I'm not mistaken, did. I think he did. I, I would. would. did. No doubt I would do that. But, yeah, no, I mean, that, but that's part of having those buddies. You, you can ask questions, too. You can yeah. share the experiences. You know, I, I love going and looking for helping people track their deer. I yeah. mean, I'll if I'm around, I'll pretty much tell my wife anything I need to to be like, hey, come on. <laughs> he really needs my help. He, he needs me to – he really needs – I'm really good at finding blood. He's not. He's <laughs> colorblind. He's got, you are colorblind. Yeah, I'm convinced, yeah. Me and Andy talked about this. Yeah, let's Before we end the show, let's give Mike a hard time. Oh, geez. <laughs> That's not hard. So I posted a picture on our Instagram or something. Me and Micah went coyote hunting, and we were wearing our Huntworth stuff, and we wanted to test, like, the camo pattern. Just kind of for our fun. And I think I posted a picture. And I said something about the green and white of the Huntworth colors, you know, against the backdrop. Mike had texted me, dude, that's that's not that's gray and white. What are you talking about, green and white? <laughs> and I'm like, what? I'm what just, are you talking about? I'm just going to say this. If you look at the picture, it looks more gray and white to me. <laughs> if you look at the camo close. Hey, go get yeah. your freaking Huntworth stuff that's out right now. I get it. it. No, when you look at the camo close, but in that picture, it looks more. And then yeah, So you so wanted me to just pretend like no, it was gray no, and white? No, no, you were 100% correct. I said that. What was the other thing that happened that you're like, he's got to be colorblind? What was it? I believe there's a mishap hooking up some uh, jumper cables. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, I did do that. I totally you did that. You gave me a hard time about um, killing Andy's there's a, skid steer. There's a red and a black. <laughs> to be mm-hmm. honest, the handles are really dirty on your dad's jumper cables. <laughs> I'll give you credit. They are They are that. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, here, this Bobby and Bam. And we, we were standing, and every time he – he he was trying to hook the power or the red cable to the battery on his truck, and every time he get close, it just spark like crazy. We're like, "What the heck is going on?" And then I look back, I'm like, "Dude, <laughs> my so bad." Yeah, that's I'm, my bad. I'm convinced he is colorblind. I, maybe, I'm leaning that way pretty maybe, hard. Maybe a little bit of that, or just so this is, folks. This is what we're <laughs> this is what we're dealing with with Micah right now. Not only is Micah colorblind now. I don't know if our listeners know this. He's, <laughs> can, he's dyslexic. You can kind of yeah. tell when Micah I mean, makes came, a post on our Facebook. Uh, <laughs> Dude, yeah, anything, proofread. I did. 
It doesn't do no good when the guy with <laughs> dyslexia proofreads his own stuff, man. I do have Amy every once in a while. She's like, do you need me to proofread? I'm like, ah, don't worry about it. But they get, they understand they get what the I'm saying. They get it. what is happening. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So, but anyway, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. It's a good tales of the chase. Andy, thanks for being the guinea pig on this one. You know, it's a, uh, it's not the, I don't know, best, most upstanding story, I guess. Sure it is. But it's, uh, it's a good story. It's one that Deer's going to have a special place for me just because the effort it went through not only to finally get that shot, and that's what made it so yep. much worse for me making a bad shot, Right. is I would worked so <laughs> hard to get that shot opportunity and then muffed it. Yeah. So, But, no, it's an awesome Tales of the Chase episode, and hopefully, you know, throughout <laughs> us doing our podcast, we'll do more tales of the chase episodes with us guys we got uh, on the show and some of our buddies um have some cool stories um yep. you know russell's elk story would be a really fun one to do too someday yeah. you, russell's you know, elk russell's deer i mean russell has some good stories yeah we'll we'll do those periodically but uh you know sometimes when we have a show cancellation at the last second you're gonna get some of these cool you make shows. do man yeah. yeah uh y'all got anything before we hop off this one no i was shooting a bear anarchy bow Slick trick broadheads, and I will say I had those uh, Black Eagle Rampage arrows, pretty solid. Slick trick broadheads, nah, I still good broadheads. Not want to take anything away from them. We're not, or we are about to get a whole nother show right now. We better <laughs> yeah. get out. We better get out of here. But anyway, I made a change this year. That's what I was using. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good night. See you, See you boys. Later.